Life Audio. Christian Parent Crazy World with Katherine Seegers is brought to you by Life Audio and is part of our Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational faith-affirming podcasts, visit lifeaudio.com. Welcome to Christian Parent Crazy World, the podcast that tackles tough topics to help you be a godly parent in an ungodly world. I am your host, Katherine Siggers, and in today's episode, we will tackle this critically important question, should a Christian identify as gay or trans? Now, we're not asking whether a Christian can struggle with same-sex attraction or gender dysphoria. That is not the question. Because yes, a Christian can struggle with any number of attractions or temptations. What we are focusing on today is whether a Christian should consider that struggle to be a part of our identity, whether we should make who we are attracted to or what we feel about our body central to our being. In other words, should we claim that our sexuality is a part of our essence? And if we do, what are the ramifications of that theologically and Practically, That's what we will be discussing in this episode of Christian Parent Crazy World. So let's get started. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of The Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Today, Melinda Patrick and I are continuing to unpack Andy Stanley's recent message at North Point Community Church outside of Atlanta, Georgia. This message 
as well as the recent unconditional conference led by Greg and Lynn McDonald at Stanley's Church, signify and solidify a very significant change theologically in the evangelical church on the topic of sexuality. We need to understand exactly what Stanley and the McDonald's are teaching and how that lines up with biblical truth. So if you did not hear the last episode, I highly recommend that you listen to that as well. We address some vital concerns with what Stanley and the McDonald's are teaching. We will continue to do that today. Joining me again is Melinda Patrick, host of the Bridge Between Us podcast, loving your LGBTQ identified child while not compromising truth. She is also the director of parent support for his wonderful works. And Melinda co-leads a global parent ministry. She has walked the road of parenting an LGBTQ identifying child for 12 years now. So she knows this journey well, and she ministers to parents every single week who want to love their kids who struggle with their sexuality like Christ does while not compromising biblical truth. Let me just say that I also know many parents who are walking this journey right now. Some of them are very dear and close friends. I am intimately acquainted with their hearts, their struggles, their prayers, and their concerns. Andy Stanley in the McDonald's teaching on this subject is deeply troubling to all of us, so much so that I am taking several episodes of CPCW to thoroughly unpack the direction that Stanley is taking his church, because this isn't just the direction of his church. It's the direction of many evangelical churches right now, perhaps yours. We've got a lot of ground to cover, so we're going to jump right in. Welcome back, Melinda. Thanks for sticking around. This conversation is so important. I'm so glad you're here to unpack this with me. Oh, yeah. I I love having this conversation with you, Catherine. Thanks for having me back. Oh, you're so welcome to be here. Yours is the voice that we need to hear right now. You know, I did a, a podcast titled, What Question Burns in the Heart of Your Gen Z Child? And I wrote an article on that as well. That was just a few episodes ago. And the question of who am I? burns at the heart of this generation. You know, that old country song, looking for love in all the wrong places. Well, this generation is looking for identity in all of the wrong places. So today, what I want to do, we addressed it in the last episode, Andy Stanley's message to his congregation, which was deeply concerning. I highly recommend if you haven't heard that, please go back and listen to that. This this conversation is a continuation of that one. But we're going to unpack some more of Andy. Andy Stanley's message in this episode, because we have got to understand the subtle but dangerously significant departure from biblical teaching that he espouses. We're going to be talking about his perspective on identity. It's also known as the side B position that we're getting in our congregation. Some of our congregations are embracing this. We're going to talk about side A, side B versus what I believe is truly biblical. And that's what we're going to unpack. This shifting is happening in Stanley's very large and influential church, North Point Community Church in Georgia. And it's happening in the church and churches across the country, isn't it, Melinda? Oh, yeah. It's not just his church. Right. Okay. So 
what we talked about in the last episode, just Cliff Notes version, we kind of encompassed the lines and the circles idea that we need to be drawing circles with our love, but we also, because Christ did, he drew lines. But the what was so, so disturbing about Stanley's message, we're just going to jump right into this. He mentioned it not once, but twice, that there are people who have prayed and prayed, who he has talked to, and they did not receive an answer from the Lord. The Lord didn't change them. And he did affirm in the scriptures that that's what the scripture says, that sex is supposed to be between a man and a woman in marriage. And yet at the same time, some people can't meet that standard. So it was a very defeating kind of message to listen to if you happen to struggle with that yourself or if you have a child that struggles with that. So let's let's keep going with this conversation because I think what is at the core of that is this key component of identity. Wouldn't you say that's just the central aspect of what this generation is dealing with and what people are dealing with that that seem to not be able to find freedom in this area? Yes, we we have a we all have a misplaced identity. Yes, so, Catherine, that's one of the first things that the Lord showed me when my daughter came to me in 2011 and said, "Hey, Mom, I I struggle. I have same sex attraction." And at that time in 2011, I knew of no one who had the same struggles as my as my daughter. I knew of no parent to reach out. And so I hit my knees and I hit the closet. So my daughter came out of the closet and I went in. Amen. And in that closet, the Lord said, Melinda, you're finding your identity in something other than me as well. And that's your child. You're finding it in your child. Mm. And so this whole identity thing isn't just about the LGBTQ community. And it's not just about Gen Z. It's every, I believe at some point, every single person has struggled with their true identity. Yes. Yes, we have. It's part of the fall. It's part of our fallen nature that we want to identify ourselves in something some something outside of ourselves, whether it's your vocation, whether it's your your role as a mom, your role as a dad, whether it's some something on your resume, or it can be, and I've talked about this before on my podcast, we can identify with our afflictions, whatever they might be. I've I suffered from knockdown, drag out clinical pr- depression for 17 years. And a large key component to my my receiving freedom from that. And vi- gaining victory over that was coming to not see myself identified with what I my I battle, but rather seeing myself identified in Christ. That's that's a huge component. But you you mentioned something there that I think is really important. Stanley praised his church for being a place where where kids can talk about same sex attraction openly, and I completely agree with him there. Our, the churches need to be the place where we are talking about this. Our family actually not that long ago, left a church because this, we saw a lot of this, this kids struggling with this in the youth group. A lot of kids were struggling with this and they weren't talking about it. They weren't addressing it. We went to three different people at the church and said, can you address this with the kids in our youth group? Because they need this. And they said, if a child wants to come to us and talk to us privately about it, then we'll we'll have the conversation. And there were a number of other issues as well, but that was the last straw for us. That was the last straw. We're like, no. This has to be that the, if it's a, if one in five kids is dealing with this, that means that 100% are dealing with it because the kid who's sitting there and it, it some say even it's as many as one in three, but the kid is sitting there couched between people they love and care about, as do we who are dealing with this. So we agree the church needs to be a place where we're talking about this, right? Well, well, now the, the church is putting the responsibility on the child. 
Uh, Yeah, I know. That's what happened. And it's like, no, we need to be creating a safe place in our church. We also need to be creating safe places in our home to where our children feel like they can even come to us with these conversations. You know, when when children begin to struggle with this and realize, hey, I'm attracted to somebody I shouldn't be attracted to, or I feel like I'm actually a boy in a girl's body. Our children should be able to come to us without fear of being rejected, shut down, disciplined, all of those things, because their feelings are real. Mm-hmm. They, they they did not choose this. I, no. I have yet to hear someone, and I don't just listen to stories of those in the LGBT community. As I shared earlier, I am a part of Freedom March. I'm a part of Restored Hope Network. I also serve in ministry here in Atlanta, Georgia. So we also walk with those coming out of homosexuality. None of these who are in the LGBT community have chosen to feel this way. Mm-hmm. They've not woken up one day and said, hey, you know what? Today, I think I'm going to like a girl. Even though I am a girl, I think I'm... No, something has gone on. There are heart wounds. There's rejection. There's pain somewhere in their life. And the enemy has taken hold of that and began to twist and form their identity the way he wants it to be. Mm-hmm. And the enemy's whole goal just as he did in the in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve, his whole goal was to cause Eve to doubt the character of God and to doubt, did God really say? Yes. And that's what the enemy is doing today. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, We've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of the Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. Yep. Did God really say that's what it goes back to? Did God really say that? And oddly enough, Andy Stanley says, yes, he did say that, but we're not really going to talk uh, about that or that's not going to be the focus. The focus is building back the relationship. You're saying one thing. Yes, it is sin. And yet, do we not know what sin is and what it does? That it separates us from God. And you know, what was really interesting at the end of the message, he was talking about how we're repairing relationship and saving lives. I'm like, I'm a mom who cares deeply about spending eternity with my kids. I'm a mom who cares deeply about them fulfilling their God-given purpose here on earth. I don't want anything to separate my child from God. And God gives us the choice. He does. So I, I need to affirm what is going to produce life in my kids, not death. So as we're talking about these issues in our church, it seems like Stanley's response is to to not warn, to not correct, to not focus on right belief and practices, but to just Focus on 
God's big circle of love. And what he did, make no mistake about it, he affirmed the same, uh, the LGBTQ identity in the last episode. That's what we're going to hone in on today. That's what was that your takeaway as well? Absolutely, absolutely. He he affirmed it even in the two men, the two two keynote yep. speakers, Justin and Brian. Mm-hmm. That that's how he referred to those men. And you know, Catherine, I, I just spent last weekend with many, like hundreds, at least two to three hundreds of those who have left the LGBT community to find to pursue Jesus Christ. Mm. They don't refer to themselves as ex-gay. They don't refer to themselves as gay Christians. They refer to themselves as I am now a new creation in Christ. That is not their identity anymore. So if, if Justin and Brian are Christians, why are you continuing to call them by calling them by their false identity. We, as brothers and sisters in Christ, we are to call out the true identity in one another. Mm-hmm. Amen. And he continued many times calling them out of their, and, and affirming their false identity. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure where they stand on the spectrum. And, and there's uh, two different positions that we see in the church, actually more than two, because we're neither of these, but they're what you would call side A and side B. And the most recent edition of World Magazine, that's my favorite magazine, they kind of very succinctly described the side A position and the side B position. If you're in the audience and you haven't heard of this yet, let me explain what the side A response to the LGBTQ issue and the Christian faith is and the side B response. This is from World Magazine, quote, side A refers to those who believe that God blesses same-sex marriage and that homosexuality and transgenderism are compatible with Christianity. Side B claims to uphold biblical teaching on sexuality while insisting same-sex attraction or transgenderism is part of a person's identity similar to race or nationality, end quote. I think it's very safe to say after listening to that message that Andy Stanley embraces side B, right? Yes, yes. And actually, most people won't know this. I know this because I, I serve in this area of ministry, but we call them the four lanes. So you're going to have your side A, which is lane one. You have your side B, which is lane two. And then you have lane three. And those are people who know homosexuality or transgender is a sin. They have repented of it as sin and they strive, they pursue Jesus Christ, but they don't necessarily go to see about the root issues that would have caused them to have believed the lie or, or things in their past that might have steered them towards that way. And then you have lane four, and that's where I am. That's where Joe Dallas is and Edward, Dr. Linda Seiler, Restored Hope Network, his wonderful works. And in lane four, we believe it is a sin. Those who have walked in that, they repent of it as sin, but they also believe that there are some root issues. And when we begin to invite Jesus Christ into the deep inner healings of our heart, and maybe we walk through it with something with a counselor, but we get to the root issues, you know, there's abuse, there's 
could be bullying. There could have been some type of rejection at an early age. A Maybe they didn't bond well with mom or dad. There could be a n- number of things. But when we begin to get to the root and allow Jesus Christ into those areas to begin to heal those areas, we believe true trans, I mean, full transformation can take place. Like Anne, Anne Edward, Joe Dallas, Dr. Linda Seiler, D. Barnes, they no longer struggle with same-sex attraction. They are now rightly aligned in the attraction that God created them to be. But there are also those who are willing to allow Jesus to enter into those heart wounds and say, wait a minute, there's a root here. Mm. We need to get to the root. And as that is processed out, Jesus brings transformation. It doesn't mean it's going to be an easy process. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that, hey, I'm going to enter into this process. I'm going to invite Jesus in. And in three months, I won't struggle with this. But what it is saying is, Jesus, I surrender all of me to you. And whatever areas of my heart you want to heal, I'm here for it. And I'm going to give you that. And as we pursue Christ over our same-sex attraction, as we shift the focus from our same-sex attraction to Jesus, we believe that one day, glory to glory, we will be free. Mm-hmm. I, I would never want to patronize or or suggest that I understand that struggle because I don't. Oh, me neither. But I have had my own struggles. And one that I, what you're talking about there, getting to the root issue is so critically important. I mentioned before that I, I suffered from depression. I battled depression and had many times suicidal ideation over the course of 17 years, wanted to die many times and crippling anxiety. And I can remember one time I went to more altar calls than I could count praying for God to heal me. And at one point I shook a Prozac in God's face and I said, this is mightier than you are. (laughs) Then it stopped working. But it was all designed because I wanted to be healed, but I didn't want God to get to the root. There were roots involved Come on. that every time he pressed on the root, I said, no, 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 I'm not going there. I'm not going there. And so when I finally prayed this prayer, and this is a dangerous prayer, I've said it before, when I finally got on my knees and I said, God, I'll do whatever it takes to be healed from this. Then within moments, he started putting his finger on the root. And for 17 years, I'd said, no, I'm not going there. I'm not going to talk and try to heal that relationship. But I just told him, okay. I will do whatever it takes. So will you? So God, in order to to heal us from whatever ails us, has to get to that root. And by the way, once I let him go there and that healing, that healing has been, I had doctors tell me I would never get off of medication. And I'm, I'm praise God, I've been praise free from that. For and I'm, It's not that I don't have challenging issues sometimes, oh, but yeah. he did get rid of the root. So where that's, I'm walking in freedom from that. And I walked in bondage to that for 17 years. So I do understand what it's like to be in bondage to something that I'm powerless to heal. And I do understand what it's like to pray and pray and pray and not get a healing. But what I came to understand was that I was holding myself up because what God was asking me to do was necessary for my healing. So I'll just throw that out there for whatever it's worth. And that I think does apply to the situation, no matter what you're struggling with. But I don't want to just say that he was affirming this side B. I want to read a couple of quotes where where it shows that he is... He is very firmly in the camp that believes that sexual identity is part of your or or your your sexual attraction or gender dysphoria can be part of your identity. He said, quote, 
Now, he was talking about a couple of men. He was talking about men that he knew who had begged God to take away their same-sex attraction because they were afraid of going to hell, he said. And then he said, quote, not because of what they have done, but because of who they are, end quote. Oh, that burned me up. Yeah, drop the mic. Right there, he is saying that sexual attraction is central a part of your identity. And somehow it's so entrenched, it's so... I central that God essentially created them that way. Another quote, quote, he says, all of us have felt shame about things we have done. All of us have felt shame about things we haven't done. I bet you've never carried shame about who you are. End quote. You know, that is such faulty logic. Let's carry that on to, to the natural conclusion there. If, and, and, and it's not even true because look, think of an anorexic person, right? They have a faulty impression of who they are, right? But I'm not going to go and affirm it, am I? I'm going to look at that person who's dying, who's emaciated, whose body organs are shutting down. And like, well, you think you're fat, so I'm going to I'm going to tell you you're fat. I would never affirm what they believe they are. I mean, that would be that would be dangerous. This places sexual desire at the center of personhood and of our humanity. We should not put anything in that place absolutely. except our desire for God, right? Absolutely. Our identity is in Christ and Christ alone. And anything we put above that, before that, it, that's the idol. That's who we are yes. first identifying with. Yeah. And I, on the McDonald's website, who hosted this conference, who led up this conference, who were the ones who sat in a room with you and said, you know, we're, we don't have the same mission. They also said, I took this straight from their website. There was a quote, sexuality cannot be separated from the self, end quote. That's identity right there. I want to read a quote from Christopher Yuan, who's the author of Holy Sexuality. And I want to link, uh, I'll link a podcast. He was with Elisa Childers recently and had a wonderful podcast where he talks about this. But he, Christopher Yuan lived for many years as a gay man. He was imprisoned for uh, drug dealing or I, I can't remember exactly what the infraction was, but in, he, he came to the saving knowledge of Christ and went on to get his master's degree and a, a doctorate in ministry, I think is what it is. But this is what he says, quote, if I were to identify as a gay man, I would be trying to resuscitate my dead man. We should never put our identity in our sin nature or in our flesh. Sin is never meant to be sanctified. It is meant to be mortified, end quote. And he is living a joyful, wonderful, yes, divinely is. inspired life free from what used to plague him, his former identity, because he doesn't identify himself at, according to what he's attracted to. He identifies himself in Christ. Speak to that, the, the critical importance, because I think this is the key because it was so disturbing hearing him talk. And I think we all know people who probably prayed, like I prayed at an altar many times to be healed from depression. And God hasn't answered. I would propose to you that when God hasn't answered that question, it's because he's wanting to go deeper. And for whatever reason, we're resisting. Do you think that's the issue there? I, I believe so. One thing it, on their healing journey, they pray for God to take it away. But yet this is something that we have to lay down. Yeah, that's good. God's not going to just come in and take it away. We have to lay it down. And they're clutching it saying, okay, God, take it away, take it away, take it away. But they're not willing to lay it down. Right. They're grabbing that identity. And they're 
focus becomes on that and not on and every person i know that has found healing they have stopped focusing on the same sex attraction and they focus it focused and pursued jesus that became their in fact they didn't even pursue healing because healing became an idol idol they pursued jesus and that's what made the difference mm-hmm. that's good You know, Catherine, I'm just sitting here looking at my own life. You know, I have been praying for my daughter. I've been praying for her since I knew she was in my womb. But then, you know, when she came to me in 2011, I began to pray for her to be set free. I've been praying for 12 years. And if if I'm going to go with Andy Stanley, then I must have a God that doesn't hear because he hasn't answered But if I go with the God of the Bible and I look at what God has done in my life over the last 12 years, God has done miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. Mm. And I just believe it's so important that we go back to the foundation and that's where our identity is. And when we are finding it in things other than Christ, the enemy is going to get us every single time. Mm-hmm. And that's what the enemy wants us to do. He wants us to live that false identity. Identity, it's its a central component. And, you know, I was sitting out on my back porch preparing today, just finishing up our homeschooling. And I just, I started writing and I wrote this paragraph and I think it kind of summarizes what you're saying and summarizes what I'm wanting to get across in this episode. This central key component of identity is the crux. It's the stronghold. This is what I wrote. I said, once we concede that who we are attracted to is a part of our identity or that our perceived gender is a part of our identity, we've lost the battle. Mm -hmm. As Stanley said, this is who they are. He conceded that ground. He talked about God not answering the prayers of all these people who asked God to take away their same-sex attraction. Well, when you concede the ground of identity, you've given the enemy a stronghold, a virtually impenetrable stronghold. Now, can God uproot that stronghold? Yes, he can, but he won't as long as you're clinging to that identity with all of your might. God will support our free will, even if it kills us. God does not pry things out of our hands. He waits for us to release them. If we are clinging to a false identity, we are clinging to a false God. That is an idol. God will let us worship an idol if we want to, but that idol cannot save us. It cannot empower us. It cannot deliver us. It cannot change us. So if we want to walk free from any unwanted attraction, I don't care what it is, an attraction to drugs, an attraction to alcohol, an attraction to someone else of the same sex or of an opposite sex or or whatever, we must lay down the idolization of that identity and identify ourselves with our, not with our attraction, not with any affliction that we may have. We must identify ourselves in Christ. That's my response to Andy Stanley. The the scripture that just came to my mind as you were saying that, Catherine, is in Matthew. And it says, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Hmm. And I I remember one day I was struggling in my prayer time. And so I went, I thought, you know what, I'm just going to start reading through some Psalms. That'll help, you know, get me focused. 
And I, I was reading in the Psalm and I think it was Psalm 24 or 25. And it says, who can approach the hill of the Lord? Yes. He who has clean hands and a pure heart and does not put an idol before the Lord. Yeah. Does not offer his soul up an idol or swear by what is false. Yes. And, and so as I was praying through that, I was like, Lord, do I have clean hands? You know, do I have an idol? And in that very second, the Lord revealed an idol that I had in my life that I didn't know about. And when we begin to surrender those things to the Lord, and I'm going to go right back to the, you know, the healing process. When we say, okay, God, I have an idol here. What root, what lie have I believed? What, where have I doubted you? And allow this idol to rise up because I either didn't think you were enough. I didn't think you were powerful enough. I didn't think you could sustain me or I didn't think you could hear me. What, what, what lie have I believed in order to attach to this idol? And when we give that to him and he steps into that, then we align with Christ and that blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God, we will see, Catherine, that God is enough. God is a God who sustains even for the parent right now that is longing for their child to come to freedom. In the midst of this painful journey, God is a God who will satisfy you. He will sustain you. He will equip you and give you what you need. For the one who is wanting to walk out healing, God is a healing God. But we have to bring ourselves to that place and lay our idols down and our identities become idols. When we lay them down, then we have that heart and God says, now you can see me. Now I am here. I have been here all along, but now you have a greater view of me. Are we willing to lay down our idols and our identity? That's what our identity actually is. When it's not in Christ, our identity is an idol. Are we willing to give it up? Right. And I think that's that's the point of victory right there. That's the point of victory is when you stop and, and clenching to the idols. And I think it's kind of ironic because one of the things Andy Stanley said we need to unhitch ourselves from was the Old Testament. <laughs> so many, what is the example that we see so many times in the Old Testament that there was nothing but heartache and pain and struggle and strife for the nation of Israel, as long as they were clinging to the idols, as long as they kept the high places, when they relinquished the idol, that's when they had freedom. That's when they mm-hmm. had the spirit of God walking with them. What, what essentially, and I keep coming back to this because it was so compelling in his message. These people prayed and God did not answer. God did not. I mean, he said that numerous times that God did not answer. Theologically, that is so troubling. It's very troubling. If God's not answering, the problem isn't with God. The problem's with us. We're clinging to something that prevents him from answering. That is the issue. That was the issue for me. That's been the issue, I think, for all of those people that we've that are now walking in freedom when you relinquish that. And when you say, God, I love you more than all of this. I want you more than all of this. And I'm trusting you. It's a matter of trust. And I'm trying, you know, as best I can to imagine what that would be like. And I think there's some young people out there or parents who might also struggle with this. And does that mean the rest of my life? I'm going to have to walk a road alone. That's the enemy telling you what the rest of your life is going to be like. Right. That's not God. Right. 
God has a different plan for you. He has a plan to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. I know that's for the nation of Israel, but that's the spirit of God for us. So God wants to bring that freedom in, but he will not pry an idol out of your hand. That's right. That's you right. have to release it. And essentially what Andy Stanley did was he affirmed the biblical standard, but he also affirmed the idol of a, a identity that's not rooted in Christ. And no wonder people can't walk in freedom because when you're worshiping that idol, you're going to be constantly frustrated because you're like, God, please, please heal me from this. Meanwhile, you're worshiping the idol. He can't relinquish the idol and then God will be faithful to walk you out of that. I've, I've walked through that in other areas of my life. I believe it applies to no matter what you're struggling with. Are there harder things to struggle with? Yes, there are. I, I would never minimize that or patronize anybody by suggesting that I understand that because I don't. You know, God led me the other day to, I felt like him, I was praying about this podcast and what we we're going to talk about. And I, I felt him lead me to the love chapter because that's where Stanley wants to camp. And I agree, we have to love. We have to love. But God told me to go back to the love chapter. He's not camping there right. <laughs> no, he's not camping there right. But I, this one jumped out at me. Verse six, and I got to back up a little bit. I don't have glasses on. This is, of course, First Corinthians chapter 13. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. I did not hear rejoicing of the truth. I heard after 30 minutes of a message, oh, by the way, this is what we believe, but we're going to be, you know, I, we must rejoice in the truth because it's the truth that brings freedom. That's right in the center, which by the way, I wish I had time to research this and bring this fully. But in a passage like this, it's right in the center in the very middle of all of this other stuff, giving it prominence, meaning that that's really the, the center of the love passage is that it does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. That's where we need to be. I didn't sense that in his message at all and had deeply concerning aspects about that message that we've, we've covered here. What other thoughts did you have on that as we're closing this one out today? Mm -hmm. I, I thought this, and this is where I actually found myself protective or wanting to kind of like take care of Justin and, and Brian, because again, he continually presented a God that doesn't hear. And he was setting everyone up for disappointment. And one of the biggest things that causes us to doubt God's goodness is when we believe God has disappointed us. Yes. He hasn't answered the way we thought he would or in the timing we thought he should. Or he's answered in a way that we thought was maybe out of character for him. Mm -hmm. And so... I believe one of the best ways to begin laying down our idols, because I'm like you, Catherine, I, I haven't walked this. I have had a lot of struggles in my life, but this is not one that I have had. So I can't, you know, I, I don't want to minimize what, what they're walking through the LGBT community or those struggling to be set free there. But I believe if we begin to focus on who God is and the true character of God and ask God to reveal himself and be honest with God. God, I, I'm disappointed here. You know, I thought you would have, you know, one of my biggest disappointments when my daughter came to me was I was a praying mom 
And I was a listening mom. Like I was one who spent time listening to God in prayer. God, why did you not tell me this was coming? Why did you not prepare me? Mm. And so I was angry with God. I had to go to him and say, God, I'm angry. You didn't tell me this was coming. You didn't, you didn't show me. You didn't stop this from happening. But I had to lay all that down before the Lord and be open and honest with him and say, God, I expected you to act this way and you didn't. I expected you to tell me what was coming because I prayed for my daughter. I now am, I I feel hurt by you. I feel confused, but God, I'm going to sit here with you. I'm going to wrestle this out with you. And I'm not leaving this until I, I, we have this straightened out together because at the end of the day, I, I have nowhere else to turn, but to God. And so when I have disappointments, instead of pride rising up in me and saying, well, that's fine. I'll handle it on my own since you're not going to handle it for me. I need to humbly submit. Proverbs 11 says that with humility comes wisdom. Hmm. And as I humble myself before the Lord and say, God, I, I repent of my pride. I repent of my, my self-righteousness. And as I just press into you and be open and honest with my disappointments. I trust that you're going to speak to my heart and you're going to reveal who you really are. I think about the two men on the road to, to Emmaus after Jesus has been, had been crucified and they were walking and they were downhearted and Jesus started walking with them and, and they were just like so disappointed. And, and Jesus was like, what are you talking about? And they were like, have you not heard? Like this Jesus, we thought he was the Messiah and he was crucified and now he's dead. He's buried. Mm-hmm. And Jesus continued to walk with them. He didn't rebuke them. He walks with them and then he sat at the table and scripture says when they broke the bread with him, their eyes were opened and they saw God. Are we willing to take our disappointments to God and say, God, I don't understand this. I'm hurt. I I don't see where you're at work. I feel abandoned, rejected, What whatever it is you're feeling. But God, I'm going to sit here. I'm going to sit here with you. I'm going to sit here with your word. I'm going to be open and honest, knowing that you don't leave hard conversations. And I believe as we do that, God will reveal himself. And as he does, we will then be able to lay those idols down Mm -hmm. because now we trust in the God that we are able to see and the God who hears us. And I really hurt Catherine, I really do hurt for Justin and Brian and for all those in the LGBTQ community who feel like they have prayed and prayed and asked God to take this away. And he hasn't. My daughter is one of them. So then they embrace it because they think if God's not going to take it away, this must be what he has for me. They have disappointments. Are we willing to walk through that with them? Hmm. Because then as they begin to know God beyond that disappointment, then they're going to be able to trust him and lay down those idols. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's so much beauty, beauty, beauty in everything that you said. And no matter what your child struggles with or you struggle with, you don't get through life without disappointment in God. That's right. And I've talked about this before on this show, but what you were speaking of reminded me of one of the most 
curious and remarkable passages of scripture. I've mentioned it several times on this show. John the Baptist, who, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, of all people, he knew who Jesus was. He introduced him to the world. Blessed is he who comes to take away the sins of the world, the Lamb of God, and saw Jesus part the clouds and his voice come down. This is my son in whom I am well pleased. Well, he professes God's standard and ends up in a prison awaiting his own execution. And Jesus is out there, got all of John's former disciples, and he's all alone, forlorn in this prison, and he sends a message. Are, are you the one that we're looking for? Or should we keep looking, right? And so yeah, when Jesus not responds, who we thought you were. Yeah, he's disappointed, just like you said. God is not acting the way he expected him to act. So he asks the question, are you really God? And that's where these people that he he's mentioned in the the all these people that were praying we've all been in that disappointed place but that's a, a special and acute kind of disappointment that goes that is so so difficult to deal with i, I like i said I, I i don't struggle with that so i don't want to but i i'm i know people who do i'm close to people and I've, my background was in acting i've known people all my life who have struggled with this and Jesus's response is, blessed is he who is not offended on account of me. There will be cause for offense in this life where God does not act the way we expect him to. But you also came to the other scripture that's so powerful that Peter said to Jesus, because everybody was offended about the stuff that Jesus was teaching. He was saying, oh, my gosh, you got to eat blood and drink. I mean, drink blood and eat my body. And they're like, people are running like, you know, this guy's a cannibal or something like that. And he looks at, he looks at Peter and he says, you know, will you run too? And he's like, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of life. We believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. And we have to trust him with those disappointments. We have to offer them to him, like you said. And whether you're a parent of someone who struggles in this area or you yourself struggle in this area or a child that struggles in this area, God has a good plan. It's not a plan for you to be lonely and forlorn the rest of your life. That is not his plan. He has a plan for you. He has a plan to deliver all of us and to set our feet upon a rock. But if we want to live there, if we're going to cling to that idol, then we're never going to experience what he has for us. And so I want to continue this conversation one more time so you can really share your testimony fully and give us all the advice, the hard-earned wisdom that you have, Melinda, to parents who are walking the very journey that you've been walking for 12 years. What I wish had been, your message had been at the Unconditional Conference, but that's not the mission they had, but you have a different mission. I want you to be able to share that with us fully in one more episode. If you're able to do that with us. Absolutely. Thank you, Catherine. Okay. So thank you so much for joining me. These these past two episodes have been amazing. Please tell our listeners again where they can learn more about you and your podcast and your ministry. Yes. So you can find me at Instagram, Melinda H. Patrick. My website is melindapatrick.org. And then my podcast is the Bridge Between Us podcast, Loving Your LGBTQ Identified Child Without Compromising Truth. Okay. Moms and dads, you don't want to miss this next episode. Melinda's walked this road for for over 12, coming on 12 years now. So in this next episode, she's going to share with us her journey more fully and talk to those parents out there that are walking with children. 
who are struggling in this area. She's going to give us hope and encouragement and her hard-earned advice on how to parent a child who struggles with their sexual identity or their gender identity. So to answer the question I posed at the top of the show, should a Christian identify as gay or trans? Not if they want to walk in freedom and victory. Who we are attracted to is a part of our experience as human beings here on earth. So is what we do. Wife, husband, mother, father, writer, podcaster, fill in the blank. That is also a part of our experience. So is what we are afflicted with. Depression, anxiety, addiction, abuse. Those are all sadly part of our fallen human experience as well. But that is not who we are. As Christians, we must identify ourselves as sons and daughters of the Most High God. That is our identity. We must lay every other label down and brand ourselves with Christ. Then, and only then, can we walk in freedom. Moms and dads, as someone you know is parenting a child who is struggling with their sexuality and they want to walk biblically in freedom, please share these episodes with them. And don't hesitate to reach out if you need encouragement or prayer. My email address is Catherine at CatherineSiggers.com. Either I or Melinda would be honored to hear your story and to pray with you. I want to thank you for joining me today. Look, I know there are a lot of things you could be listening to right now, and I really appreciate that you took this time to spend with me. I hope you will join me for my next podcast when we take aim at some aspect of our culture that threatens to derail our parenting and steal our kids' faith. If you enjoyed this episode of Christian Parent Crazy World, would you consider telling a friend and sharing it on social media and giving it a good review over on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and following me on Facebook and Instagram? Oh, oh, and maybe you could say that Christian Parent Crazy World is the best podcast you've ever heard in your entire life. Uh, Just a thought. Uh, and be sure to check out my website, which is katherineseegers.com. That's Catherine with a C. I have lots of articles and resources there that will help you on your parenting journey. And if you subscribe, I will be sure to send you some really cool free stuff and notify you of future podcasts, articles, and blogs. I want to end this and every episode with a word of encouragement. God gave you Your kids, your specific kids for a reason. That's because you hold the key to unlocking who God created them to be. We'll see you next time. Christian Parent Crazy World is a production of Life Audio and Salem Media. If you liked what you heard today, please take a second to rate and review this podcast in your favorite podcast app so that more listeners like you can find the show. For more faith-filled, inspirational podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com.
Everyone wants to change the world. Capital Ministries is doing just that, one heart at a time by creating disciples of Jesus Christ among political leaders in the U.S. and foreign nations. For more than 25 years, founder Ralph Drawlinger has written Bible studies specifically for public servants. Study along with us and learn what the Bible says about capitalism, communism, abortion, same-sex marriage, and other contemporary issues. Subscribe and follow us at lifeaudio.com or search Capital Ministries on your favorite podcast platform.